0: Heard that when we go out on our uh, regular walks, uh, some of us—I'm the one famous for always taking the biggest rucksack—and people say, "What on earth have you got in there?" Well, you know, I'll give you an insight. Obviously, I've got a, a nice warm jacket to uh, keep me uh, warm in case the, uh, the weather turns a bit foul. I've got maps. Drinking water, really important. Waterproof trousers, in case it rains. Spare pair of trousers. Now, you might say, why on earth would you carry a spare pair of trousers? Well, as the walking group know, I needed some just the other month when I ripped my trousers in two climbing up a rock. Could have been embarrassing, if I didn't have it. Bivvy bag, in case the weather turns bad, and I get left on the mountain. Sat mouth? Rope. <laughs> First aid kit. Harness. Another bivy bag. And this one's for in case we find a hilly um, area covered in snow because you can jump on it and sledge down. It's brilliant. <laughs> and again, you say, How often does that happen? Well, it just happened to me the other month. So it's great. But you know, once you kind of pack all this in, it makes quite a heavy load to carry. And I, I wonder—I could do with two volunteers, please, young people. Maybe just uh, the smaller end. Jason, maybe you'd like to come. And uh, who else have we got? Kind of Jason size. Oh, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> that was his uh, suggestion, by the way. Have we got any volunteers from the back? No? All right, then. Okay, Jason. What I'd like you to do is uh, pick up that bag. There's not too much in there, is there? And, and maybe just t- take it round there and come back to me. Could you do that? Put it on. Put it on properly. Oh. How does it feel, Jason? Very heavy. heavy. There wasn't that much in it, was there? Do you think you could make that? Is that comfortable, Jason? You can come back now. You don't have to do a full circuit. Oh, well done, man. You are so strong. He's struggling there, getting through the gaps a little bit. But you see, Sometimes it's not great carrying such a heavy load and many years ago I was way well done it takes a lot of practice to carry something that heavy but, uh, thank you you can go and sit down well done great job I was um, in Canada and I was going to be walking across the Rocky Mountains And I got the train so far, and I got off the train, and I had a huge pack on. And as I stood waiting to go out the station, I thought, this is ridiculous. I am never going to be able to carry all this stuff. It's going to kill me. So I ruthlessly had to go through my bag and take out probably about half of it and leave it in a uh, a safe container in the station. I was literally going down things like, shaver, don't need that, shave when I get back. Face cloth, don't need that, nobody's going to see me. Underpants, two pairs will do. (laughs) You know, because when you're on a big journey, everything counts. Every gram counts, makes a difference. Don't believe me? If you have a little stone in your shoe and you walk 10 miles, you sure know about it, don't you? Every little thing that's unnecessary really counts. Now, Jesus has something to say about this, and I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please. We're not going to show it on the screen deliberately. I'd like to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. Anybody's got a page number? If they'd like to shout it out, as soon as they found it, Mark chapter six, verse seven. Nine five three was that? Great. And I'd like you to follow this, please, because there will be questions afterwards. Are we good? Right. Mark chapter six, verse seven. Calling the twelve to him, he sent them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra tunic. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if in any place... Sorry, and if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Right, I'm not going to do all the work this morning. What I'd like you to do is just take two minutes with the person next to you or the people around you, and share with them the things that jumped out at you about that story. Maybe just a word or or something. Just take two minutes now to um, think that through amongst yourselves. okay I think that should be long enough it wasn't a particularly long passage Dylan if I could ask you to uh, come up now Dylan's very kindly been press ganged I don't think he volunteered so much but to be a scribe for us so he's going to uh, write down some of the ideas that you uh, call out so would anybody like to volunteer what struck you about that passage go on Pat okay unprepared Don't worry about anything. Yep. Don't worry. Yep. Anybody else? Preach repentance. Preach repentance. Very good. Any other thoughts? Yeah, Emma, right at the back. Go in pairs. I like it. Two by two. Alright, so two by two. That'll do. Any uh, more? Yes, Irene? Perfect. Trusting God, when you don't stay in that person's house, as we did in Brazil, yeah. and if you've got women with you, they won't feed, feed you. Okay, so that's kind of relying on hospitality, yeah? <laughs> Any more? This is pretty good. Any from the front row there? thoughts sorry short ones, short ones. Yeah. <laughs> you're asking for short ones you can't catch up yes Ellen. very interesting one yeah so uh, shake the dust off your feet so mm-hmm. so how can we uh, summarize that i guess don't bang your head against a brick wall is uh, a good way of putting it isn't it Final thoughts? Authority. Nice one. Like it. Authority. Great. So then the last one. If you just put authority. It's quite a lot in this passage, isn't there, when you think about it. It's a really rich passage. It's one that Possibly you uh, kind of sketch, uh, just gloss over a little bit. Um, so, fantastic, that's the sermon written out. Good, thank you very much to um, Great job. So the thing that struck me, and I think you've pulled out a, a lot of them, is first of all, I, I was looking at this in the context of where we are as a church. Right? What is God calling us to do? He's calling us to go out and preach. Repentance, preach the good news. But sometimes we think we are kind of going on our own. But explicitly, Jesus said, go two by two. And if you read backwards earlier, you'll see that all the things that Jesus asked his disciples to do, he'd done himself beforehand. So whatever God calls us to do, whatever Jesus wants of us, we can rest assured he's going ahead we're not going out into the wilderness completely unprepared he's gone there before us and what's more really important one we go with his authority now we've already been singing about kind of uh, and, read, and heard from isaiah about our oh, god is the god of all creation what greater authority can you have than going out with the seal of approval from almighty God himself. Isn't that fantastic? And yet, so often we're scared. We're going, I can't do that. But God himself has said, I'm going to make it happen. And what happened as a result of those people going with God's authority? Did anything happen? Well, yeah, I think it did. People were healed. Demons were cast out. Wouldn't it be great if, in our church, we see God move in those kind of ways? And we live under the, same, the authority of the same God. I like the whole thing about trusting God for everything, and we'll be really digging into that later. Don't bang your head against a brick wall. That's an interesting one, isn't it? How often do we pray and pray and pray and pray the people will come into the kingdom and it seems like nothing will happen. What I don't think is that God is saying here, you should give up on those people. I don't think he's saying that. What I think he's saying is that if you get active resistance from people when you give them the word, move on. You know, the harvest is huge. Don't waste your time on people who really do not want to hear because there are plenty that will be open to it if we seek God's mind so that's really important but for me the big message of this story and we're going to be looking at it in quite a bit of depth is don't take any baggage now I think there's two kinds of baggage There is baggage that makes us feel comfortable. A bit like my rucksack, I carry everything in there just in case. And Emma, my wife, gets very frustrated because my garage is full of things that are stored there just in case. We surround ourselves with things that make us feel comfortable. that we think give us what we need. So there's baggage that makes us feel comfortable. But there's also baggage that makes us feel uncomfortable. Explore that a little bit later. But I want to look at those two aspects. Don't take any baggage with you, whether it's baggage that makes you feel comfortable or whether it's baggage that makes you feel uncomfortable. But let's rest on the fact that God is giving us authority. Our God is a God that is more powerful than anything we can imagine. He is a great big God. A God that can be absolutely trusted in. So let's sing to that great big God now, shall we? As we sing, our God is a great big God. Great, please sit down. Thank you for the actions, ladies. Excellent. Jesus told a number of parables, but one of the parables that he told was about a a rich farmer. And uh, I'm going to tell you the story of um, the rich farmer, aided by uh, pictures by Mick Inkpen. Here's a farmer who's very rich. The farmer is rich because his soil is rich and his corn grows faster than anyone else's. And higher than anyone else's. And at harvest time, he has more of it than anyone else. What a lucky man. This particular year, he has so much corn that his old barn can't hold it all. It's bursting at the seams. No problem, says the farmer. I'll pull it down and build a bigger one. Then next year I'll be rich enough to take life easy. So he builds a bigger barn. And when harvest comes round again, the new barn is not big enough. The greedy farmer has planted more corn than before and some carrots too. No problem, says the farmer, I'll build an even bigger, better barn. Then next year, I'll be richer still, and then I can really enjoy myself. So he builds a bigger, better barn. But at harvest time, even the bigger, better barn is not big enough. Again, the farmer has planted too much corn, too many carrots, and a few cabbages as well. This time, the farmer says to himself, I'll build the biggest, grandest barn the world has ever seen, and then I shall be so rich I need never work again. The barn he builds reaches up to the sky. When it's finished, the farmer sighs a great big sigh. (sighs) Tomorrow I'll gather in the harvest, and then at last... I shall begin to enjoy myself. I know. I'll have a party. But that very night, he dies in his sleep. Just like that. The birds eat his corn. The rabbits dig up his carrots and his cabbages go to seed. The big barn stands empty. And the rich farmer never does get to enjoy his money poor man jesus says how silly it is for a man to spend his whole life storing up riches for himself to god he's really a poor man see that story from the bible is is really about avoiding carrying too much baggage That is comfortable. That rich farmer wanted more and more and more and was never satisfied, and his whole life was dedicated to getting more. But at the end, he had nothing to show for him. I really believe that in that passage from Mark, Jesus says, Don't take any bags with you because we should keep our focus on the main thing, not get distracted by all the stuff that we can carry around us, that makes us feel comfortable, that makes us feel good. Jesus says, don't take any bags. You've got a job to do. Baggage that was um, kind of comfortable, made us feel at ease. We surrounded us, ourselves with things that uh, made life easy for us. But, you know, there's a, there's a saying that goes around that during life we pick up baggage. You know, you've heard the, the saying, oh, don't have anything to do with her, she's got baggage. Yeah, or he's, he's carrying baggage. Don't deal with that. And, you know, it is so easy for us to pick up things as we go through life that weigh us down and that starts we start collecting baggage when we're really young you know you might be at school and you might be the one that's not chosen for the football team you might be the one that is not allowed to join in with a particular group of friends because you're not seen to be cool you might be the one that people say hurtful things about. And do you know what? When that happens... Pick up baggage. And as life goes on, you know, we might get self-conscious about ourselves. We might not like our noses or how tall we are or the size of our feet... And people may take the mickey out of us for that or we might just be self-conscious about it. And that might really hold us back and stop us doing things. And you know what? When we feel like that, we pick up baggage. Sometimes we could pick up baggage from our best friends maybe our best friends hurt us they say things to us they don't mean it but they say things to us that are really hurtful and that sticks with us forever and it causes a breakdown in those relationships and perhaps it makes, us, makes it hard for us to establish new relationships because do you know what Picked up more baggage. And even our families, you know, maybe our parents have expectations of who we should be, what we should do. And maybe we disappoint them. (laughs) Maybe we don't get the exam grades that they were hoping that we would get. That they'd been urging us to Go on and and work hard at. Maybe we didn't get that place in the football team or the rugby team that they spent so many hours taking us to training for. And when we suffer that disappointment, we pick up yet more baggage. do you know what sometimes we try and get rid of our baggage on other people because we get stroppy with them short-tempered with them you know we say things how they are but do you know what in trying to get baggage off onto other people do you know what happens we pick up more baggage ourselves And then maybe we look at other people and we go, do you know what, he or she is so much better than I am. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be like them. Then life will be so much easier. I've got it so hard. And when we feel inadequate like that, we pick up more baggage. And then there's that one there. That one's the, my sin. It's maybe my secret sin that nobody knows about. And you know, I think I've got it under control. And uh, I think nobody knows about it. And you know, I can live with it, but in truth I can't. It weighs me down. And I look at all the baggage I'm carrying and I, I think of Jesus' words. And he says, I've come that i can have life and life in all this abundance. This doesn't feel like that. And then I remember that Jesus also said, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you because I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light I say God I'd love to have that please would you do that for me You know what he does? If we come to him, he will take our burdens from us. But how often do we hang on to the things, those grudges, those feelings of inadequacy, those secret sins, those things that hold us back? How often do we hang on to them? Not because they make us comfortable but because we don't know how to let them go. I'm going to show a short video clip now, Phil, please, that is from a film called The Mission. I don't know if any of you have seen this film. But in this film, uh, a guy called Rodrigo uh, Mendoza, he was effectively a slave trader um, and a mercenary, and he would go out into... um, kind of rainforests and what have you, and he would take captive the indig- people of the indigenous population and take them to go and work on farms and plantations. And uh, he did some very bad things. A number of things kind of happened. And in the end, he uh, realized the errors of his ways and he uh, sought to repent. And to cut a long story short, as a penitence for what he'd done, He bound himself up with uh, baggage that he dragged behind him as he went back to meet the very people who he had been killing and enslaving. Thanks, Phil. (laughs) So you see, that guy was carrying a lot of baggage unnecessarily. (laughs) It was baggage that he brought on himself and it was baggage that he carried because of the feelings of guilt that he had. And yet look what that reconciliation with those people brought. The ability to ditch that baggage and be free once more. And, and you know when, when Jesus says don't carry any baggage when you go out into the world I really think he wants us to be free not weighed down by the things that are hurting us because there's no reason we might have many things in our lives we might have the baggage of failure but Jesus says I paid for that on the cross we might have hurt but Jesus said I paid for that on the cross we might be bearing a grudge against somebody. But Jesus said, Don't carry that. I paid for that on the cross. We might feel inadequate. But Jesus says, I'm everything you'll ever need. You might be fearful. But Jesus says, Don't be afraid. You might feel guilty. Jesus said, no need. I've taken the guilt. I've paid. You might feel betrayed. Maybe even by your best friends. Jesus said, don't worry. I was betrayed enough for all of you. You might feel lost. Jesus said you don't need to because what you will gain with me is far more than you'll ever lose in the world see we can choose to hang on to this baggage we can choose it to hold us down, to stop us being in that relationship with God or we can choose to let it all go as that song said right at the start we can rise up like an eagle. Where do you want to be? Way down or set free? We're going to finish the service in a bit of an unconventional way. I'm going to play what was a pop song, but the words of it are just so fantastic in terms of when you listen to them about if you switch them around a little bit to uh, understand that it's about God's love. It's about Jesus' love. So just listen to these words and a nice uplifting song. But maybe you want to take an opportunity to just go and say sorry to somebody if somebody's hurt you. Maybe you just want to sit there silently and just hand over baggage to God. If you've hurt somebody in your family, maybe you want to go and say sorry you've got a, a grudge against somebody go and reconcile yourself because God wants to set us free thanks Phil